0: Everybody on the west coast this is the bills beat checking in from central standard time because uh, matthew fairburn and i are in chicago we just got here after about an eight hour pleasant drive from buffalo to chicago not too bad i don't think you know as i said in the car nothing makes the drive fly by like friendship wow what what a what a great person Matthew Fairburn is. We got to stop at Notre Dame, which was cool. I mean, you you've been there because your brother went there, but uh, but for the others in the car, it was it was still cool and still cool, I'm sure, for you to go check out just touchdown Jesus and uh, and the stadium and everything like that. ESPN Game Day was setting up shop Notre Dame, Michigan this weekend.
1: College football right around the corner. Real football. I know is. You can
0: almost taste it.
1: Yeah. But we got one more of these fake football games.
0: Yeah. It, it's real for some people. I It's mean, real for Tyler Bray. Oh, it's, it's very real for Tyler Bray. And friends of the pod here realize how big a day Thursday is for Matthew Fairburn because he gets to see his draft crush in person play an entire game. What are you expecting out of it? I'm interested to see.
1: I mean, I like when a guy gets basically the entire game and they yeah. give him a shot to kind of see what he can do. Gets in the game you look flow. At, you know, <laughs> preseason stats are so weird, and preseason in general is so weird. But Tyler Bray is one of the strange names at the top of the preseason stats leaderboard, right up there with Nathan Peterman in terms of the yardage he's been putting up. So uh, this is the, the cool part about the preseason is when you see... Weird guys like that who have hung around in the league haven't necessarily established themselves, but there still might be something there, and they get a shot to kind of prove themselves. And for on the Bills side, I feel like there's quite a few guys battling to either be one of the last guys on the roster or. Be one of the 10
0: guys on the practice squad, right. maybe more importantly. Yeah, and we don't know how it's going to shake out. We can only see what we've seen through preseason and the training camp and everything along those lines. But with how much turnover there has been and how much shaking up there's been throughout the summer, this is going to be a pretty lively game for those of you that like. The bottom of the roster stuff, probably like the two of us do. And if you're listening to this podcast, odds are you do because you can't get enough Bills info. So there's plenty of battles here to to go over, and we're going to do that as we move forward into this shortened version of the podcast just to get you ready for the fourth preseason game. But we have to kind of start at what they're going to do at quarterback for this game because, again, I mean, since the last time we talked, they have not named a starting quarterback. They have not indicated who will be playing in this game. They still haven't signed anyone. They haven't signed anyone, which means they still have only the three quarterbacks on the roster. So if, if it's me, I'm probably thinking here's what happens. Nathan Peterman gets the start, hands the ball off three times. Josh Allen goes in there, gets the rest of the first quarter. A.J. McCarron off and running the rest of the way you go. What do you think is going to happen from a quarterback perspective? I think that is what they should do and probably the most
1: likely scenario is Peterman gets a little bit of time Josh Allen gets a little bit of time but then this thing gets turned over to A.J. McCarron Sean McDermott was pretty odd in talking about A.J. McCarron Mm -hmm. on Monday weirdly defensive and you know deflecting and evasive and saying exactly what's going on with A.J. McCarron he did finally revealed that it was a contusion that McCarron got in that game and said that he got about a day and a half in of practice before the Bengals game, indicated that that's probably why he didn't play. Didn't exactly say that it was doctor's call or what it was, but he is throwing now and basically said he'll be ready. He should be ready to play in this Mm -hmm. game. And That maybe is a little bit of a power play. Maybe McCarron doesn't necessarily want to be the guy that's getting full run in the fourth quarter of a preseason game. He's been there way too often in his career. But we just saw Teddy Bridgewater get traded to the Saints. So the backup quarterback market is there, and we've talked about he could be a guy that they consider moving if they can find a suitor and if they decide that Peterman and Allen are the one too, which – I think more than anything this fourth preseason game will provide a glimpse into their plans because regardless of whether they want to say something or not their actions will speak louder than anything they can say because the first guy in there and the first guy out are you know gives you a clue as to what they're thinking for week one so they're taking this thing down to the absolute wire and things could end up happening quickly over the
0: weekend yeah you're precisely right and I mean, it wasn't just Teddy today. Brett Hundley got moved today as well, and now he's going to be the primary backup to Russell Wilson out in Seattle because Deshaun Kaiser has seemingly won the backup job in Green Bay. But, I mean, that's that's just three of those spots right there. There are still plenty of spots throughout the league that could use a backup quarterback. I mean, go down the list, you see... Uh, You see the Oakland Raiders. You see... uh, I mean, Brandon Whedon is the backup in Houston. Houston Texans? They've got Joe Webb there, though. They do. As their third.
1: But, yeah, there are some spots. I think, you know, the Jaguars are probably safe. The Titans are probably safe. But the the Broncos, the L.A.
0: Chargers, who have Geno Smith and Cardale Jones battling to be the backup, the Oakland Raiders... Uh, The Cowboys have Cooper Rush as their backup to Dak Prescott right now. And Mike White's on there too, so maybe he gets that. But still, you might want something a little bit better there. Uh, There's some – is Carson Wentz going to be ready? Is Nick Foles going to be ready? Maybe in Philly, uh, Washington could use one. Uh, Detroit, who has Matt Castle as their backup, could use one. I mean, there are plenty of spots. Carolina, who – Seem to be in kind of uh, talks to be in the Teddy Bridgewater market. Maybe they're a spot that could field a a backup guy. Tampa only has Fitzpatrick for the first couple weeks. But Ryan Ryan Griffin Griffin backing
1: him up. So there are spots where you you could find a suitor who maybe wants a guy like that on a cheap deal that has experience as a backup in the league. You probably don't need three quarterbacks. And at some point, you have to make a decision. The only quarterback I think they'd be willing to move would be McCarron. Yeah, in this yeah. Nathan and Peterman and Josh Allen aren't going anywhere. I think obviously Allen isn't going anywhere, yeah. and Peterman seems to be a guy that they've just invested a lot in and right. care a lot about. So, yep. he, and he probably won this job if we're if we're being real. So, I think all of that makes you wonder how they use McCarron tomorrow and what it means for him throughout the weekend and how that might impact his market going into the weekend because it wouldn't hurt to pick up even a late round draft choice for a guy like that if you don't have plans for him
0: pick up a fifth pick up a sixth who cares I mean if you were if you were thinking about cutting him anyway what does the compensation matter in that respect if you are okay with eating the lump sum of the salary uh the signing bonus I should say then just just do what you can find what you can for him because obviously there is a market there for a backup quarterback and, oh, by the way, the Jets kind of look brilliant in this whole thing because they got frozen out of the Kirk Cousins thing. They wind up going after Teddy, sign him to a good deal. Sam Darnold comes in and and ends up playing pretty well. Looks like he's going to be their starter. That, that makes Teddy Bridgewater expendable, but Bridgewater had a solid preseason enough to elicit the Saints saying, all right, we'll give you a mid-round pick for this guy and, and hope that maybe he can turn into something, or at worst, be our, our main backup to – Drew Brees, and not to say that a team is going to fork over a third round pick for A.J. McCarron because he's just not that player, but come on, if Brett Hundley gets a sixth round pick you'd have to believe A.J. McCarron could get a fifth, or even a sixth for that matter, so there, there will be suitors out there, and that much is clear, and if they do indeed play him for over half this game, you know right where he's standing, because there's no way he is winning the job playing against the Bears second maybe second, third-team guys out there. And it, it, it would just it, – it has to be frustrating for him because he wanted this chance. But, I mean, this is a perfect chance for the Bills to showcase this guy, let him fly a little bit, and then try and bring on that trade to try and make their roster decisions that much easier.
1: I think the fact that they didn't sign another quarterback lets you know in some respect how they view a guy like McCarron, especially if he's playing true for a long time it occurred to me at some point in the last 24 hours like oh yeah it's past time they can't sign a quarterback that can get ready to play they've done you know NFL teams around the league have put bad quarterbacks in horrible situations in fourth preseason games but you know the plane has taken off at this point you're not getting a guy that you know is is going to play for you so it's that tells you that one of these three quarterbacks is going to play a lot Mm -hmm. tomorrow night. So it's not going to be whoever won the job, which I believe that they know at this point. If they're using the fourth preseason game to determine that at all, they're foolish, and I don't think they're doing that. Mm -mm. So whoever's won the job isn't going to play a lot. Josh Allen probably isn't going to play a lot regardless because I don't think you want to send him out for too, too long Mm -mm. in a game that doesn't mean – anything and would be against second and third stringers risking getting him hurt is foolish because I think there are plans for him at some point in 2018 if not week one so at that point you're left with they probably are gonna roll McCarron out there I guess get their money's worth and see if somebody wants him and maybe maybe they hang on to him through cut down weekend and Say, hey, maybe an injury pops up by the trade deadline. Sure. they could do that. You know, that's I could see that entirely possible to keep him on the roster if the market isn't there for him. But we talked about this when this whole situation was forming, you know, starting to come together in the spring. That if AJ McCarron doesn't win the job, there might not be room for him here. And I think mm-hmm. we've we've gotten to that point.
0: Yeah, I think we have too. And and on Josh Allen, I think what is most important for him is to get just enough time in the game for. For him to get his confidence levels, yeah, back get up. that taste out of his right. mouth from last Exactly, week. and he's going to be going against some subpar competition out there. So get him out there, go have him go against the second slash third team defense, and and just have him huck the Duke around there a little bit, make him feel special inside because on that way, the road to just right. you know all these little things that Sean McDermott loves. Yeah, you know,
1: get him you know through that that routine and and ending the season on a, preseason on a high note because. If, I mean, I think Peterman is probably, you know, we're trending towards him being the starter here. Mm -hmm. That means Josh Allen might not see the field for a little while. So you do want to get him out there, get him feeling a little bit better about himself than he probably did going home on Sunday night. So I think you'll see a little bit of him, but you also have to remember it's a short week. He got hit a lot just a few days ago, and they want to protect their franchise investment as
0: much as possible. For sure. What if... The Bills just trot A.J. McCarron out there all four quarters. What the heck does that say about A.J. McCarron? He will not be happy, I'm
1: sure. I mean, oh, gosh, at, no. Who would be at his age having gone through this often? He's probably played in more fourth preseason games than then, most of the guys on the roster. Than Kellen Moore? And Yeah, well, <laughs> no, Kellen Moore not. is the the veteran of fourth preseason The game.
0: quintessential fourth preseason game quarterback.
1: I mean, but, yeah, it's – a weird situation for the bills to be in because they don't even have necessarily a quarterback, like a backup quarterback competition that they're trying to sort out. I think it's a matter of figuring out if somebody wants this guy. I don't even know if it's a matter of figuring out if, because that quarterback depth chart, I don't know that Josh Allen goes into the season any lower than two.
0: Yeah. And I was just going to ask you that because it's at least to play devil's advocate here, would the Bills at all be tempted by the idea of just kind of making Josh Allen a, a basic redshirt and having McCarron be the number two? I mean, I that's not how I would do it. I would rather have that guy active on game days. I suppose having him inactive would make him uh, would make fans quicker to say, "Put the rookie in, get him in there, get him in there." More pressure on Sean McDermott. But on the flip side, I mean, you. You aren't uh, – in case you do want to go to him and you do want to start things off and get him some experience in a late-game situation where you're getting blown out or you're blowing another team out, you, you can't give him those reps that, that you would have given him. So that's why, to me, it makes more sense than not to make him QB2. What about you?
1: Yeah, I think the logic can kind of go both ways on this Sure, one because I guess it depends how – they have viewed this situation from the start if they're truly going to rank the three quarterbacks on performance coming out of the preseason and have that be their depth chart then I think you probably have Josh Allen as your two and you're comfortable if he's forced into action but I'm thinking from the standpoint of if it was a situation all along where Josh Allen was competing against himself to see whether he could get ready for week one and the other two are competing to be the guy in case he wasn't ready, mm-hmm. if they deem him not ready, maybe that means they would want the insurance policy in case Nathan Peterman goes out there and gets hurt right away, week one or two, then Josh Allen is forced into action, whereas if you have McCarron as your number two, McCarron takes that spot until Josh Allen is ready. It's it's You can see both sides of it, but I tend to think you want that guy at least as your number two. You picked him number seven overall. The idea of a red shirt is nice in theory, and you could go that route. I mean, if you really want to exhibit patience and not, you know, get the kid beat up in 2018, then maybe you let him sit. Is there any value though in in sitting on the bench with the clipboard and actually being dressed? There probably is some value in that. yeah being on the sideline, being in the you know the mix of how everything's going down. In the heat of a game, as opposed to being up in the booth with, you know, in street clothes. I think, you know, maybe it's marginal, but there probably is some value to being the guy on the clipboard, sitting down with the other quarterback, going through adjustments on the sideline as they come in. I think that's probably a a decent learning experience as opposed to being up in the booth.
0: And there's also this idea you can kind of throw in there if they would redshirt him, if he was the third string guy. He would be on scout team, and the scout team quarterback very often gets more reps than the second team quarterback does because the first and second guys are usually preparing for the week as as the two active quarterbacks, whereas the scout team quarterback is at least getting reps going. And and maybe uh, in those scout team reps, maybe Dable is is with Josh Allen and, and making sure he's perfecting his craft every single way through it. Um, but I, I, I think that would be the only added benefit to me to making him the third QB.
1: Well, there's also the idea that if you only have two quarterbacks, he's that guy anyways. Right. So True. You're That's the way it was for Nathan Peterman last year, yeah. unless they have a guy on the practice. So squad. then only keep two. So <laughs> you can keep two. You can get all the benefits. And really the only downside is if you really don't think he's ready, putting him in is then out of your control in some way because Peterman could get hurt at any moment and force Allen into action. But I I think some of those instances where there's mop-up duty, what good will it have, you know, A.J. McCarron out there finishing up these games when those reps could go to Josh Allen? It's rare circumstances probably
0: where you throw in a quarterback at the end of the game just Mm -hmm. to mop up, but... Mm -hmm. Who do you want in there? And uh, I I also don't think that third preseason game is the truest representation of what Josh Allen is and what he's done the entire summer. So it we're, I think things are a little bit jaded right now from from that lasting taste in everyone's mouth. All right, uh, before we discuss some of the other positions going on and that we're, we'll be keeping an eye on going into this game, first, quick little what are you working on over at The Athletic, Matthew Fairburn
1: yeah over at the athletic.com this week i wrote about the quarterbacks and why it seems like nathan peterman has won the job with some input from guys around the room who are you know have been around this guy for a couple of years and just talking about what he's done off the field not just moving on from last year but kind of being consistent through the whole highs and lows of the quarterback competition sort of being a, a steady guy and and i think winning over a lot of his teammates and the trust of his teammates. And Lorenzo Alexander had some good things to say. Andre Holmes had some good things to say. So that's up there. Eric Turner broke down all of the sacks that Josh Allen took on Sunday, which I thought was a a really nice exercise just to see that some of this was probably on Allen. There were things that he could have done better, but there were some spots where he was in that he just didn't have a chance. I think it was pretty... Cool to see that put into context, and you know, kind of finding the reason behind things instead of just, you know, the fact that he was sacked five times and hit eight times, and the offensive line was bad. But you know, it all kind of works uh, as one cohesive unit, and there were things that Allen can do better and, and improve on and learn from that. That's up there as well. Tim Graham and I are both here in Chicago to to give you all the news and notes from this fourth preseason game, and. We're working ahead on a few things that we were batting around some ideas this week. So, just in time for for the NFL season to start, you can head over to the dot com slash billsbeat. Get yourself forty percent off a year's subscription. It comes out to about three bucks a month, about the the price of a of an expensive cup of coffee, probably right. Three bucks yeah. a month that's yeah. a little yeah, that, that's fair. That's like a Starbucks cup of coffee, oh, but yeah. you know maybe a couple Tim Hortons cups of coffee. Schmarbucks, so, you mean? Yeah yeah not a uh, sponsor for sure. <laughs> so go to the athleticcom Beat. go ahead and get 40% off and what are you working on over at WKBW
0: uh well i right now it's it's up as we speak uh, it's my uh, little look at well not little it's it's rather lengthy uh, look at the roster heading into this fourth preseason game because there's a lot of positions on the line here so i broke it really down into four separate categories one the locks to the the near locks, you know, the ones that you think are going to be on the roster, but not really uh, all the way there just yet, but it really looks good for them. Then there's the guys who are totally on the outside looking in, don't really have a shot. But then, after you subtract all of those three categories, you come down to the bubble. And to me, it comes down to 27 players playing for a total... Of what I counted up to be 11 spots, and I went through every single position, each one with a battle. I, I noted which uh, which one needed needed a player from that group, and really, it's it is pretty compelling for the Bills as as they continue to try and figure out who will be on the 53 man roster. I'm also not ruling out the fact that they cut more than uh, than they need to. Um, on cut down day to get down to like 51 maybe even 50 to uh, address their needs via the waiver wire or on free agency so that's right now over at wkbw.com you can get the full in-depth analysis of the roster and that's a good segue because that's pretty much what this fourth preseason game is all about I mean the quarterback stuff and who plays and how long they play that's the draw but really when you get down to the nitty-gritty of this game it's seeing those individual performances seeing who rises up out of nowhere to snag a roster spot or even a practice squad spot I remember last year it was at New Era Field Brandon Riley played his butt off the entire day I mean I think he nearly concussed himself in that game I mean he was taking some huge shots which by the way did again this year. He told me on Monday that he broke his rib on his first catch in, in the first preseason game, Was st- still played through it, and that 59-yard catch that he brought in, he, he was doing that with a broken rib, and, and he told me, I thought I would have scored if, if I didn't have the broken rib. So they they shut him down for the next couple of weeks, and he was back this past week against the Bengals, and now he's going to be fighting for it. But th- those are the types of efforts that you look for in, in these games. So I guess – for you what is the position that you look to most that has the most volatility uh, that could uh, earn or lose a roster spot based on what we see on Thursday
1: yeah it's interesting one of the stories i'll be working on while i'm out here is sort of a bunch of mini stories on some of the guys you know who are fighting for those spots you know their backgrounds as as people because everything they've done in their careers comes to this point mm-hmm. and I think you know one of the guys that I've been watching closely and talking to a decent amount during training camp is Cam Phillips mm-hmm. and I think that's a guy who could earn a spot on the practice squad yeah. with a strong game he had to fight through an injury and you know get to where he was back healthy and able to play on Sunday but this could be a game where he showcased a lot guys like him, Ray-Ray McLeod, Austin Prohl, Malachi Dupree. I mean, that those bottom-of-the-roster depth chart guys at wide receiver, you can't keep everybody on the practice squad. Right. They're not going to keep more than probably six receivers at most, I would think, on the active roster. So there will be some difficult decisions in terms of who is on the practice squad and who isn't. And Cam Phillips, I think, got off to a hot start, and the injury derailed him a little bit. But he'll be – You know, in that mix, I think offensive line is interesting to me as well. Ike Butker is another one of the guys I talked to, and Mm -hmm. uh, he's a guy that could have been a mid round pick if he didn't, you know, suffer a season ending injury very early uh, in his senior year at Iowa, slowly creeped up the depth chart as, as the preseason went along. And I think he'll get a lot of run. Those are two of the guys that on offense that I'm keeping a close eye on. And I think the bottom of the roster at spots like cornerback and defensive line there's a lot of movement there you know Ricky Mm -hmm. Hatley will he stick Mm -hmm. uh can Mike Love carve out a spot on the practice squad Mm -hmm. quite a few guys down there fighting for not a lot of room as you mentioned
0: well uh, at wide receiver because that's where you started um Cam Phillips I think a spot on the 53 is a little too rich for him right now I don't I don't think he can earn that but practice squad is very much within reach and I think the Bills are going to have to choose, uh, I guess, maybe at most two receivers out of a group, a bucket of players. And, you know, whether it be Austin Prohl, and you can't rule him out because, hey, everybody, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott were on the same staff as, as Austin Prohl's dad. So I, I wouldn't rule out him being on the practice squad. I don't think he's got any shot to make the 53-man roster. but I Terry
1: Rubisky. Mm,
0: might might have – Something True. to say. True, right about right. that. Right, they they didn't exactly uh, get along as thick. as I these. feel like
1: if you have to come down to Cam Phillips and Austin Prohl, and you pick Austin Prohl, you're being disingenuous well, based on their performance. Well, there's also but Robert Foster in this dis- Robert discussion Foster, as who was well. The, yeah, he was the name that escaped me as I was rattling off wide receivers. But yeah, he's another one who early in camp was was the buzz, and since pads have come on, I think he's been lackluster but he Des still lewis disease yes he very similar i think mm-hmm. in a lot of ways deep speed guys with with some height that you know don't have the physicality but he could develop that it, that's something where if you put him on practice squad you could argue that he's more physically gifted than a lot of these other guys that we're talking about but you can't keep four receivers on no. practice squad or whatever so you need to trim that down somehow and i think that's a big part of what this game will be about
0: yeah I agree and and even further than the practice squad the actual active roster at receiver still I'm of the belief that Corey Coleman needs to earn his way on the roster he needs to do something and I, I've got a, a one-on-one with Brandon Bean airing in the pregame show ahead of uh, ahead of the Bears game on Channel 7 in Buffalo you're also going to be see be able to see that interview in its entirety um, after that interview airs along with some of my thoughts from uh, from the actual interview, when I asked him about Corey Coleman, he said, well, you know, he's trying. And it, when the first thing you say is, yeah, he's trying, it's like, eee, that's not overwhelming enthusiasm. And our job is to kind of cut through the BS, for the lack of a better term, and what these coaches and GMs and all of these different people say in these powers of position on football teams. And when the first thing a, a person says, yeah, he's trying, it's like, yeah, I don't really have anything other to say about this guy other than his effort. I mean, they're trying to manufacture plays for him. He's not doing anything with them. It just seems like he's been basically invisible since he's gotten here. And I don't know that a spot on the 53-man roster is guaranteed for him. So he needs a big performance, and I think he's going to get a lot of run, especially when he's got the likes of Ray Ray McLeod, Brandon Riley, and, heck, Rod Streeter all, all competing to get... Uh, if the Bills keep six receivers, there are two spots on the active roster up for grabs at wide receiver in this in this game because they've already got four decided: Benjamin, Jones, Curley, and Holmes. Past that, you've got Coleman, Riley, McLeod, and Streeter all fighting for two spots probably, and uh, you know Coleman might end up being on the outside looking in if he doesn't show up. Very, absolutely. I mean, he hasn't. Look, when you say he's
1: trying. <laughs> he might he probably isn't if you have to say it sure because if he were trying above and beyond you'd be talking about oh he's in here all the time he's you'd have a little bit more than he's trying he's in here all the time he's picking daybowl's brain he's working with the other receivers he's grasping things Mm -hmm. trying is one thing actually grasping them and putting it out there on the field is another he's been invisible and if he's out there for a while tonight or tomorrow night rather Mm -hmm. well if he's out there for a while tonight in downtown chicago then he'll really be in trouble yeah but if he's out there on the field well central standard time he might be okay (laughs) if he's out there on the field uh at soldier field tomorrow night for a while that could be a problem for him and i think i tend to think they have too many guys to evaluate young guys to evaluate to keep him out there for too long so either way it might not be you know too telling for him. Man. So it'll be an interesting situation. He's a one of the the key names to watch I think heading yeah. into the weekend because I'm not convinced that he's done anything to secure himself a roster spot. They don't have a ton
0: invested other than a few million bucks yeah. I think guaranteed. So they are very willing to rid with a few million bucks as they've shown the past year and a half. And it would prove a point that they'll they're willing to give people a chance but
1: ultimately you have to fit in to make yourself worth keeping around. And I think, you know, he still has something to prove in that regard and not a whole lot of time to prove it.
0: I think defensively is another spot. And this has been just a completely lackluster position, but cornerback has been just a slog through camp because they, they've been waiting for someone to stand out and just no one has outside of Tredavious White. It, It looks like Philip Gaines is pushing Vontae Davis for the starting job I think Gaines probably makes the team because he is uh, versatile enough to play both inside and outside, so they value that. But I don't know that I'm sold that Vontae Davis is on this team. He probably is just because they don't really have depth elsewhere. And then past those guys and Taron Johnson – I mean you've got Lafayette Pitts who got demoted from the second team to the third team but he's in on all special teams you've got Levi Wallace who's been promoted from the third team to the second team but he plays no special teams and then you've got Brayon Borders who has shown some things on defense but also shown some weaknesses Plays some special teams but not really a ton who do you choose from those three do you choose one of those three is, is are one of those guys going to warrant bringing a roster spot along with them, or do you just try and you just try your luck when you get to the waiver wire? I think those performances from those three guys, specifically Pitts, Wallace, and Borders, are going to probably garner one spot if one of them plays well enough. And right now, I'd probably give the edge to Pitts just because of special teams, but I mean. It's it's not very impressive what what the three of those guys have done and, and they're it's there for the taking for one of them. Well, remember last year there were times when they just had four corners. I know, and
1: that was silly. So quite silly. If you really wanted to go that route, then you've got your four with Gaines, Taron Johnson, Vontae Davis, and Tre'Davious White. Right. Maybe you keep Levi Wallace on the practice squad. Maybe you keep either Brian Borders or Lafayette Pitts around. I think Pitts is probably your best bet just because he has some experience Man, here last he year. He struggled on defense. I mean, he's not all that good. But Breon Borders has some experience in the defense, got in the system late last year. I think they like Levi Wallace enough. He just physically isn't, you know. They don't put him on special teams. Right. That's the and, problem. And that's a bit of an issue, and I think he's just not as physically developed I mean, he's a skinny, skinny guy. Yeah. And I think that physicality is something he might lack that they really – and maybe they take some time to get him on the practice squad, try to bulk him up. I don't know. At this point, once you're in the NFL, how much bulking up can you really do? Yeah. But – so maybe they do only carry four of those guys. Maybe they carry an extra safety that they think they can move around a little bit. I think the fact that they've been testing Philip Gaines at outside corner probably gives them some of that – versatility that he can play if Vontae Davis gets hurt or if Taron Johnson gets hurt and he's assuming Taron Johnson starts which isn't necessarily a given but you have a guy that can play and that gives you some combination options where maybe I still think they should probably
0: keep a fifth corner for uh you know sanity reasons but (laughs) or do they just cut all three and and try their hand at the waiver wire with a few right, different and corners. try to get a fifth guy yeah. uh, that way, yeah. a fifth or sixth guy that way. Which so, I think is a very real possibility for that position and even defensive tackle too, but be, back
1: to corners Because the base four are settled, and yeah. you can play around with the combinations enough where you feel pretty comfortable. Not overly comfortable the way all those guys are playing, specifically Vontae Davis. Really, the rest of them, are, I think, are playing fine. Yeah, Philip Gaines, not having a bad preseason. He's he's He might end up being the starter. And, he, is, and he's got some talent he's had some rough moments early in his career but I think he's a an okay option
0: for them could be a decent find yeah perhaps um, the, the last one I'll leave you guys with a sneaky battle Marshall Newhouse versus DeAndre Wesley watch for that one I think whoever potentially plays better in this game could end up with the roster spot uh, because I don't think they're going to keep both of those tackles and Wesley, w- Wesley still
1: a- have some practice squad he, and, he's he's up there in age. He's, he's like twenty five or twenty six, yeah. so he's been in the league a while now. And Newhouse was the guy that got the call in that third preseason game, which leads me to believe that he has the edge, but still something to be decided yeah. in that battle. And yeah. let's not forget the most thrilling of all battles, the punter battle. Oh, how could we forget? We've got the Canadian John Ryan yes. versus the incumbent Colton Schmidt, and what Schmidt got seven punts on Sunday and so Ryan Ryan's one. So you know, I don't think Nathan I'm, Peterman it's, for that. Yeah, it's a weird, uh, weird competition because it's been an understated competition all summer. When Corey Carter was here, I almost said Corey Coleman. Um, <laughs> Is he punting now? Too? <laughs> hey, might as well give right. it a try. Right, try to get a roll here. Uh, <laughs> but if they were willing to bring in John Ryan and John Ryan was willing to come to Buffalo. That leads you to believe that they're going to give him some sort of shot at the job. So we'll see if that's the case. And yeah, they're both kind of fighting for their careers here. Colton Schmidt hasn't exactly been an all-pro, so maybe they're trying to put a scare into him a little bit. And maybe John Ryan will get some some action out here on Thursday night. I think I've got John Ryan. Yeah, I mean, I think. I mean, John it Ryan's depends. But better. I
0: think I think I've, I think I've got. He's him more in this
1: established. Race. Yeah, but. It's weird because he hasn't really. We don't get to see practice. True. At this point, and he got one punt. Yeah. And it went into the end zone. It wasn't a bad punt. I mean, he, it wasn't he, a he was punt.
0: punting from what, like the forty-five? Yeah. Well, you got to get used to that with Sean McDermott oh, calling true. the shots. Yeah. He, that, he loves to punt. Absolutely right. From yeah. The forty. Schmidt got a, a bunch of them. Anyway. All right. Uh, so this has been a shortened edition, um, just to get you on your way, get you prepped and ready, because we know this is gonna get get to you. You're gonna listen to it Wednesday night, Thursday before the game. Just we a, know you're gonna be sitting at work on Thursday. Quick just little saying, primer. Man,
1: I'm excited for this this fourth preseason yeah. man. man, I can't wait to watch Tyler Bray just huck the Duke you're just, all night. I'm well. I know I can. I'm excited. And I'm sure. For I'm sure you. the listeners can't wait to watch Tyler Bray carve up. Those Bills depth corners. Oh, yeah. Bray on borders. Watch Bray. Yourself. I had Bray as a guy. Hey, maybe the Bills should bring him in and be a, bring some competition to the so backup you know, spot. Bray, Bray? But Bray. <laughs> well, not Bray. Well, yeah, Bray. Well, I wouldn't want Bray to be in there in the fourth preseason game. Yeah. We need his tweets. Yeah. Rodak, though. Rodak, I thought. He didn't make the trip to Chicago. I thought he would have been a great candidate for the fourth. Yeah, very sad. Fourth preseason game. But, yeah. Tyler Bray. Who knows? Last year we got to see David Fails. At one point in the preseason, I think we saw Zach Dysart. Yes. So we, we also saw Case Keenum. We've seen a lot of just tremendous quarterback talent. Taylor Heineke. We saw Matt Sims whip the ball backwards Ooh. a couple years ago. Never forget.
0: Which was fondest me- Fondest memory of preseason. I'm pretty bummed probably.
1: that I missed the Matt Leinart fourth preseason game Ooh, era. Ooh, that was good. Which I understand was excellent. How about Vince Young? Vince Young, another one. Jordan good. Palmer was yeah. in here. Matt Liner, for a couple of days. It's funny to think that it was around this time that they signed Kyle Orton. Yeah, the year that he just came in and started. Hello, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's hilarious. All right, so uh, as Fairburn gets more excited over Tyler Bray starting the full game, uh, we know you will be excited to see if Josh Allen actually plays and and then for this fourth preseason game to be over with so the regular season can begin, and maybe we can learn a starting quarterback. How about that? That'd be fun, right? All right, so for Matthew Fairburn of The Athletic, my name is Joe Biscaglia. Thank you, as always, for listening to us here on the Bills, Meet, Bills Beat, however you do, and we will talk to you after the game on Thursday night, probably early Friday morning. See you, everybody.